Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. Today I'm here with uh, Spencer Cotton, who is the CEO of GC Interconnects. Thanks for joining us today, Spencer. Thank you, Mike. As a way of introducing uh, you, Spencer, to uh, to our audience, let me uh, go over a little bit of your background. Spencer Corey Cotton, Senior, is the Chief Executive Officer of CG Innovative Technologies an international leader in the business and home technology integration. Cotton co-founded G&C in 1992 with Chief Innovation Officer Chris Gunselman. Under his leadership from 1992 to today, 2012, G&C has grown into a multifaceted company with seven, seven separate divisions. We'll have to talk more about that later, Spencer. Uh, Cotton has had an interest in cutting-edge technology from an early age, doing programming on an old TI-994A at the age of five. After saving for two years, Spencer purchased his first laser at age 12. What kind of laser did you purchase at age 12, Spencer? The most uh, advanced one I could get my hands on. Okay. I'm not even going to ask what you did with it. Shortly after graduating from high school, Cotton went on to work for a company owned by IBM where he worked on beta IBM technology. Prior to focusing all his energy on GNC, Cotton started Cotton's Distributing and co-founded Dynamic Digital Displays, both companies' products being ahead of their time. After graduating from RHEMA, I've got to ask you what RHEMA is, Spencer. Uh, The name of it's RAMA. It's a school out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Spencer moved back to Cincinnati to devote his full energies to GNC, a company he had begun in 1992 with his childhood friend, Christian Gunselman, guided by a belief that technology can bring people together when integrated properly with Cotton's determination, vision, per- pervasiveness, and that has been central to the success of GNC. Under Cotton's leadership, the mission of the company has been to continually advance and improve technology integration, making it easier for more cost-effective and more enjoyable for people to use. While constantly striving to gain knowledge, Cotton is continually committed to the belief in innovation reflected in a constant commitment to research and development, even though we have tough economic climates. Philanthropy is also a part of uh, Cotton and Gunzelman, providing technology to nonprofits as well as donating significant portions of their income has become somewhat of a passion. We'll talk more about that later. Some people always ask me, what's coming up next? What's coming up next? 
Well, tomorrow's show, we're going to have web search optimization specialist Ken Saunders. He is the CEO of Web Search Engine Experts. And next week, we're going to have Rick Slifer, who's going to talk about selling to the federal government. He's a consultant in Annapolis, Maryland. The following day, on August 3rd, we're going to have Rotary President Don Keller and Jane Burkhead to talk about the downtown Cincinnati Rotary Club and what Rotary has done for the world and the Cincinnati community. The following uh, Thursday, we're going to have John Westheimer, who's going to talk about the construction industry. And on August 10th, we're going to have an IT expert named uh, Tim Reddick, who's going to talk about the, the status of the IT industry. The following week, we'll have uh, Ryan Kiefer, who, be, who is uh, Prime Lending's branch manager here in Cincinnati, and he's going to be talking about mortgage lending. So, Spencer asked you to tell the folks what really made you form this company, GNC. Uh, Chris Gunsman and I found ourselves working in the industries and doing some advanced things for a few customers and felt it was best for us to go ahead and form up uh, a corporation and take this on full-time. Okay, that was back in 92. That's 20 years ago. Yes, it is. So you've been doing the same thing for 20 years. As you mentioned in your intro, there's a number of divisions now to GNC where there was just one to, to begin with. So we've what grown did, it over the years. What did you actually begin with? Uh, we focused uh, initially on telecommunications and phone systems and started out as a Nortel business partner. And then uh, a number of years after that, felt the uh, Avaya products were that much better, and we switched our dealership from being Nortel to Avaya. Then, uh, of course, in the last few years, uh, Avaya purchased Nortel, and we found ourselves being Nortel business partners again. So one of our main divisions is our business technology division, where we do telephones, uh, telephone systems, telephone service, hosted VoIP, and computer systems. So that's the first of seven. Yes. Number two is? Number two is home technology, where we do smart homes, which includes like home theaters, um, uh, home automation, lighting, security, whole house, smart home integration. And the the rest of them we don't do much with at this point in time. They're kind of retired. They're kind of retired. Okay. Or integrated into the two main ones. Okay. That's fair. Most of your job, your projects revolve around the Abaya voice over IP telephony systems? Yes, sir. Okay. Which which division is doing more business right now, the home technologies or the voice over IP? That really fluctuates with what time of year it is. Currently, so right now, July, yeah. July, it's, uh, it's business technologies uh, greater than home technology. I think home technology picks up. You get a little closer to Christmas, the kids get back in school, people start focusing, I think, a little more on their homes than vacations, and then the home tech will pick up a little more. Okay. How do you go to market being a small company for the Avaya Voice over IP uh, product? Uh, we get most of our business through referrals. That's where most of it comes from. We also advertise through some websites, through uh, well, through Web Marketing Direct, Search Engine Optimization, and uh, we do get some leads through Service Magic as well. Okay, Service Magic provides. Are you doing business to business or biz, or home systems? ServiceMagic.com has business to business referrals, and we get quite a few business referrals through them as well. Okay, in terms of growing your business, what do you think the biggest obstacles are? Or B, you can look at it the other way and tell us about the opportunities you see in the marketplace. Mike, the the opportunities in the marketplace are tremendous given what we do with our hosted and voice over IP systems. Our, well, simply put, 
what we're able to do typically for a customer is take those same dollars that they're spending with some of the larger carriers in town, which I won't mention their names, and if they're able to reappropriate those to us, we can usually provide them not only the services that they're currently getting, but also put equipment on their desks. And uh, with our programs, we provide uh, the equipment on the desks free of charge. So that's a rather unique uh, opportunity for businesses to get the equipment and the telecommunications services to run the equipment, both computer, internet, and phone systems at the same price that the internet connectivity and the phone systems had for line services on a monthly basis. Typically speaking, yes. How are you able to do that? Let a little known secret out from our industry. The uh, the We should have a big drum roll here for a secret. Yes. The markup in telecommunications equipment is is such that we are able to purchase the equipment at cost and deliver these services and the equipment at the same price just simply because the markups are typically so high in telecommunications equipment. Hmm. So why doesn't your company grow a lot faster than it, than it seems to be growing? That's a fair question. A few of the things that we have launched that we really expected to take off like gangbusters, specifically our home tech division, unfortunately, um, we launched it right at the time when the downturn in the economy hit. And when we were working with home builders and they were talking about implementing us in nine states and 40 cities, the development that was supposed to be, you know, 90 to 170 homes and we were supposed to be the primary technology vendor for turned out to, uh, over the next few years, just build about a dozen homes. So, you know, the economy's hit quite a few people pretty hard. And uh, on the plus side, what we do on our hosted technology and hosted VoIP systems really can benefit the smaller businesses in these tough economic times. What kind of uh, benefits would typically a business get by switching from a landline-based analog telephone system to an Internet-based voiceover Internet protocol? There are uh, various benefits, Mike. Uh, I would say the biggest one being for a site that has uh, or a company that has more than one location, they can now have their telecom expenses centralized and, uh, well, rather than uh, multiple sites and having multiple lines come into multiple sites, uh, they can uh, now come from a central server and uh, share those telecom costs and, and actually greatly reduce those telecom costs. Good. Uh, we're going to take a short break here, uh, Spencer, and when we come back, uh, I'd like you to break down the difference for our listeners the difference between a hosted solution and an on-premise solution. Is that fair? Yes. Good. Why do some business owners make lots of money while others endure years of mediocrity? Is it really the economy, the market, the weather, the competition? No. These are all called excuses which are always plentiful. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. As a business owner or part of a team, are you accepting excuses from your sales team because you make them yourself? Business winners succeed in spite of this trash. Business winners invest in themselves and their people. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing your sales, call me at 513-646-6523. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. To find out how Sandler training can make you better, faster, and stronger, call 513-646-6523. 
When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at RothConsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Spencer Cotton. Uh, Spencer, before the break, I I told everyone you were going to explain the difference, primary differences between a hosted solution, which is what you like to provide, as well as an on-premises solution for voice over IP. Thank you, Mike. The uh main difference between an on-premise and a hosted solution is that uh, your typical on-premise solution can fail uh, with the loss of the telephone services uh, and with an off-premise solution or a hosted, prem uh, hosted solution, when those lines come into our data centers, the uptime is typically 99.9% up uh, and uh, the calls will still ring through to the the customers even if their local systems are down uh, through their cell phones it'll back up and roll over through there uh, that's the greatest benefit that most of our customers recognize so one of the biggest flaws of uh, on-premise systems has been the the power fluctuation we've had several of those in the past uh, couple of weeks here a complete loss of power when you have a loss of power in a building office building that has voice over IP telephones, those phones aren't powered by the AC line? No, they are, and those phones will go down. However, the automatic failover to the cell phones where a company can continue to be in business the uh, for their inbound and their outbound calling. Uh, so the system detects that the telephone at the other end is dead? Yes. And then it automatically sets transfers the calls to people's cell phones? Yes, sir. In a predetermined sequence? Yep. Okay, so essentially they can still take and receive calls as long as their cell phone batteries last. As long as their cell phone batteries last and as long as the cell towers haven't received uh, taken hits as well. But uh, even in the event of that, their auto attendants stay up, um, depending on how the system's configured. So the auto attendant is actually back at your hosted location, yes. which is battery backed up with the generator? Yes. Okay. You bet. So in the past couple of weeks, in the three or four outages that we've had, for in many cases, lasted more than several hours, uh, what happened to your customers? Uh, for the customers that did go down in the event of a power outage, or uh, in some cases their internets went down with uh, lightning was striking all over the city, uh, if they had their phones set on mobility or twinning, I know that's kind of a buzzword, but uh, that's where you're... Tell everyone what those words mean. Simply put, uh, the way our systems are set up is your desk phone rings at the same time your uh, cell phone does, and 
uh, one of the great features with that is if you're on your cell phone and it came, uh, you can walk back to your desk and grab it, or if you need to walk away from your desk, you can hit a button and it transfers it to your cell phone. And those functions stay in place as uh, if the phones were to go down at the local site, and you can still take the calls on your mobile phones. So in larger organizations, it would seem that you'd have to have direct in with dial to make that work for each person would have their own telephone number as opposed to people from the outside calling a main list of number going through a switchboard operator and then being connected. Correct. It, uh, of course, with our systems, uh, direct inward dial numbers are typically part of the package as the customer wants to add them to individual phones, and then they'll go ahead and continue to roll through to those individual ex- uh, mobile phones in the event of an outage. So that seems like a much more reliable solution than the solution that many users, users have had the past 50 years. Uh a lot of companies are moving over to a voice a voice over IP or a hosted system for that reason and a, and a few others. What are the, some of the few others? Uh, in some of the for your smaller businesses, uh, they typically would have analog lines similar to like uh, that you would have at your home, and analog lines present various issues. Um, one being if one of the few lines go down, a lot of times companies don't catch it, and so outside callers maybe have a one in four chance if they have four lines in their system of getting a ring, no answer, the the phone system never rings, and no one realizes that the phone line's damaged, and that never happens in a voice over IP system. Uh, Another limitation of the analog lines are uh, for conferencing capabilities or forwarding capabilities, or you can't even do twinning capabilities that mobility I was talking about with the analog lines. So traditional systems with the analog connectivity have some real limitations. Okay. Uh, Are there any limitations with a hosted system that people should be aware of and ask potential vendors about? Actually, quite a few, Mike. Um, Really? Go ahead. Tell us about some of them. Well, there are actually quite a few uh, voice over IP and hosted vendors out there in the market today. Confusing Uh, array. Extremely confusing, I would expect, as you hit the web and you're just bombarded with everybody and their brother selling voice over IP services. Uh, numerous companies, uh, when the deregulation hit and opened these doors up, it, a number of people got into the business. Uh, we personally have been, as I mentioned in, in the uh, your, your opening there, we've been in business since 1992. Now, we haven't been providing hosted and VoIP solutions since then because, frankly, they didn't exist back then. Uh, so we started out selling phone systems, and then um, I think it was about five or six years ago, uh, we started beta testing uh, our implementation of VoIP and uh, Voice over IP and hosted systems. We had it in beta for a couple of years, just uh, turning up one or two customers and you know, essentially working the bugs out, if you will, of the system. And uh, the few people that we had on that were on board with uh, doing the testing. And we identified a whole host of issues that you can run into when running a voice over IP system, it typically that result in quality of service, uh, jittery calls, broken calls, echoey calls for the end customer. Uh, and then uh, after identifying those issues and the root causes of those issues, devised uh, either workarounds or really just upgrades in the technology to address those. And uh, with our service, uh, callers, let's put it this, rarely experience those. When they do experience those, it's a function of their local internet. And so we work with the customer to work with their carrier to get the internet corrected and then it cleans up the issue. Okay. So do you actually provide the internet service for the customers or is that provided to a third party? 
and Mike, I wish we were big enough to provide internet directly to uh, uh, end customers, but no, we typically recommend since, uh, excuse me, uh, Roadrunner. Uh, and if fiber is available, of course, that's the preferred method. Uh, and then, but a lot of customers have the Roadrunner copper service. And if that's not available, uh, uh, Cincinnati Bell's Phi Optics or DSL also works as, uh, as extremely cost-effective forms of Internet access. Uh, there are other forms of Internet access, such as T1s and such, but they tend to get extremely pricey. Okay, I can understand that. You said earlier, Spencer, that most of your uh, your business comes in through referrals. Mm-hmm. What kind of referrals are you getting from, from your typical end-user customer referrals? Yep, we get referrals uh, quite frequently from our clients, uh, as well as some of the other vendors, uh, like some of the uh, Roadrunners mm-hmm. reps. We get some referrals from them as well. It's a uh, although Roadrunner does offer some telco services, a lot of time our uh, voice over IP and hosted systems are a much better fit for the end customer than just uh, some analog lines from them. Okay, so when you look at the marketplace, and you see you seem to be at the leading edge. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners what's coming along next? Not available today, but something people should think about. Hmm. The biggest thing that I see coming down the pike is the general conversion to Phi Optics and the the ever-increasing speeds and bandwidth. And whenever possible, especially for a business customer, if they have the opportunity to move over to a Phi Optics or a Fiber Optics from Roadrunner or any other providers that may come into the area, those just happen to be the low-cost providers in our area, that uh, they move to those whenever possible as their reliability is is a lot more than the copper-based services. Uh, I think specifically for Cincinnati Bell's copper, it's aging and getting older as we speak, and they tend to have quite a bit of problems with it. Mm-hmm. Are there any uh, advantages for uh, true video phone service? Avaya has just launched within the last, I believe, year or two some new systems that are focused directly on video conferencing. And, of course, there's a lot of things that have been pushing them that way in the marketplace, Skype obviously being one of the major ones, uh, Apple's, uh, what is it, FaceTime. I guess I've always looked at Skype or Apple FaceTime as low-end consumer products maybe adapted to business and never really state-of-the-art. The quality is still an issue, I think, personally, the um, quality of a video call. It requires the bandwidth, and uh, although video conferencing is a lot more cost-effective than hopping on a plane and traveling halfway across the country, mm-hmm. uh, the quality isn't always there. And uh, I, some businesses use it, a lot don't. I find that the issues of lighting are as significant as the issues of sound, not to mention... Uh, jerky motion where you don't get synchronization between people's lips and what you're hearing. I personally find that extremely frustrating. Um, the uh, Obviously, that's a combination of features, but we'll get better as the bandwidth gets faster and bigger. And... Sure. I know, Spencer, I forgot to ask you to do this. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you at GC? after the show is over. They can't call now because you're actually on the show. Uh, The easiest way to get in touch with us is uh, through our website, www.gogc.it, or you can call us at 513-361-2000. 
800-926-9600. Good. I'll everyone do that and tell all your friends about the show. Uh, what do you see as a uh, opportunity and possibility in the marketplace? First of all, have you seen an uptick in business? Yes, uh, which is positive and encouraging. Um, the opportunity for us that I was mentioning to you before the show I'd love to talk about is our what we do with nonprofits. And and uh simply put, we offer free phone systems for nonprofits. And uh I think we're gonna talk more about that in a minute. Yeah, we will. After we take a short break and listen to a Sandler rule. Hi, I'm Randy Hanatko from Sandler Training. Today I want to talk to you about rule number 32. Get an IOU for everything that you do. You know, it's interesting, in the profession of sales, a lot of our customers expect us to do things, and they expect us to do it for free, when in fact it's not true. And my question to you is, are you willing to perform free services? If you are, then don't complain. But if you're not, then it's our, it's our responsibility as a sales representative to make sure that our clients know that we're going above and beyond the call of duty. For example, a customer calls you on a Friday afternoon and says, Randy, we're short-shipped of some paint, for example, and we would like you to bring over some extra paint so we could have it for our sale. If you say, sure, Bob, no problem, I'll be there very quickly, then the customer now is expecting you will do this if, in fact, they have a problem again down the road. I'm not saying that's the right solution, but try this. This is a little bit better. Instead of responding very quickly, hesitate for a little bit. Say to Bob, let me have a look at my calendar. I'm not too sure what I have going on on Saturday. I think there may be some family commitments. Really not too sure. Let me get back to you. Have a little bit of time delay. Then once you do look at your calendar and you do call the client back and you do say to the client, I looked at my calendar. There were some things that I had to do, but I've been able to reorganize them and now I can be there from the time that you want me. What time do you want them? The message that the client is hearing is that you have actually gone out of your way to help them out. And that is literally an IOU. You're not going to say to the client, haha, now you owe me something, because that's not right. What you want the client to be thinking is that you have gone out of your way and this potential value of an IOU is something you may call on. You want the client to believe that you may leverage this IOU at some point in time. Could be for a referral, could be for extra business, but what you don't want the client to do is expect that you're going to do it day in and day out. That's not really good business. There are things, sure, that we have to do in our profession that we have to do as part of the deal. But at the end of the day, if you make it too easy for the client to ask you and they say jump and you say how high, that's not really effective use of your time. So as a sales rep, what you need to remember is you, if you have to give something up, whether it's your own personal time, energy, effort, you need something back in return. And getting that back in return is the IOU that you may pull on the client. So remember Rule 32. Get an IOU for everything that you do. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Spencer Cotton. Uh, and if anyone 
would like a free training pass to attend a Sandler President's Club meeting or Sandler Foundations program as a test to see if you'd like to find out more about it uh, or you'd like to come to a training meeting, give us a call here at the office, 513-753-9400, and you can ask for me on extension 106. So, Spencer, before the break, we mentioned this phenomenal deal that you have for, uh, I guess, small and medium-sized nonprofits. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners how it works? Well, Mike, at GNC, we are extremely passionate about the uh, our philanthropic efforts and the things that we do with nonprofits. It's one of the things I absolutely love to talk about. Um, we've been able to, for several of the larger nonprofits here in town, save them a lot of money. And a lot means? That's valid. Um, let's see. Well, just to give you a couple of examples, uh, I believe the uh, Cincy Arts Association, which is the Aronoff Center downtown, we saved them, I believe, in the ballpark of sixty dollars to $75,000. Uh, Playhouse in the Park, we saved them, I believe, a good $75,000. And for the YMCAs of Greater Dayton, with all of their sites combined, we saved them, I believe, about $150,000. So... I would uh, think that those are no small things to shake a stick at with uh, any nonprofit. Yeah, that's uh, more than a few shekels. So uh, maybe you could tell our listeners how you did that for those organizations. I'd be happy to. Uh, we have a program, and you can uh, take a quick look at the synopsis on our website. I mentioned the web address earlier, www.gogc.it, and uh, click on the philanthropy link down at the bottom middle. It's uh, sort of a big dove holding a handset with a, a handset cord and a handset. And uh, so what we've been able to do is structure a program so that we provide any and all Avaya hardware that the nonprofit needs. It doesn't matter if they need just a few phones or 200 phones, as well as all the Avaya back-end hardware. And uh, there are a couple costs associated with this, so unfortunately it's not 100% free-free. I wish it could be, but it had to be a sustainable program. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is personally to make sure we come out at least in the black on day one. And uh, so we provide them all the Avaya hardware that they need. Any licensing that they may need, we do provide at cost. And uh, we do charge standard rate installation, which is a simple percentage of the retail cost of the equipment. And then we do put them on a maintenance contract. So typically speaking, uh, it's about 35% of the retail cost of the equipment as a whole out the door first year of what it costs them to get the equipment and the rest of its savings. And a lot of this goes back to what I mentioned previous in the show about the high markup in telephone equipment is why we're able to do this. Is it a high telephone equipment markup or equipment and services and Internet? In terms of the the services and products we're providing? or Sure. Maybe you should talk to uh, uh, Don Keller at the uh, Rotary office. I Thank you. I might do that. There are two full-time employees there and full-time Internet access. Well, our with this donation model, it does not include Internet access. This is specifically the phone equipment hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this model, as it turns out, works wonderfully for larger nonprofits, you know, larger ones like the CA, the Playhouse. Uh, what I've found is for smaller nonprofits, as another example, um, Cincy Shakespeare, uh, company, I believe is their name, the uh, 
Wherefore uh, art thou Romeo? Yes. No, the, the they're a theater company here in town. Yes, I know. Yeah, okay. Not a not larger like the Playhouse, a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller theater. Uh, that model didn't work out as well for them. What worked out extremely well for them was to go on our hosted model, which was even more cost effective. So the hosted model is only truly effective for small to medium businesses. Beyond that, uh, purchasing a system can typically be more cost effective. Or in, in the case of the nonprofit, giving them a system. Yeah. So which way did the uh, Shakespeare group go? Since the Shakespeare Company went hosted because they only had about, I think, about 20 phones, hmm. whereas uh, obviously these other ones have many, many more. So when they had many, many more at the uh, YWCA at many locations, mm-hmm. how, did, how did that work? Well, this goes back to a little bit what I was talking about earlier, how a voice over IP system or uh, will allow these smaller businesses to consolidate their traffic through one location, in other words, our data center, and still share one phone line across many locations and one auto attendant. The YMCA did it in-house. They bring all their phone lines, actually not all of them, they bring a lot of their phone lines into their main corporate facility where their voicemail is housed, and then they have um, small systems at all the locations, and uh, they're all networked together, and they can call site to site. So extremely effective, and it they they really enjoy it. Okay, so if a client uh, who is using your system wants to make a change in their system, in the old days it was really difficult to change the, even the name of the end user that appears on the telephone instrument display panel and the extension number and then the voicemail box. How is it done uh, with these voice over IP systems that you offer? That's a great question, Mike. The uh, and, and I'm really glad you asked it because it's one of the other things that sets us apart in the industry. Uh, historically speaking, if you needed to make a change like that, you'd call up your vendor and they'd either possibly be able to get into the system remotely, but a lot of times would send a, a technician out on site to make that change, and they would send you a bill um, equal to the time the tech was on site doing it. Uh, that is still standard in our industry to bill for those type of changes, but it's not standard for us. Uh, we decided a long time ago to keep the small moves, ads, and changes that we can do from remote free of charge for the customers that are under maintenance contracts, which include all those nonprofits I was talking about, as well as all of our hosted clients as well. So if they need Wow, a, that's a lot of savings for clients. Uh, it's a huge savings. It, uh, something as simple as sending a quick email or picking up a phone, we can make those changes uh, quite quickly for them. Hmm. That's great. I remember clients spending uh, thousands of dollars a month for moves, ads, and changes. Especially in the larger organizations where there's changes weekly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, with these, these voice over IP uh, type systems, the hosted solution, can people pick up their telephone instrument, move it from one desk to another, plug it into an internet connection, and away they go? Uh they can certainly pick up their phones, uh, voice over IP phones. That's the way they work. You can pick a phone off one desk, move it to another active jack, plug it in, and the extension follows the phone. Obviously, traditionally, with a digital system, you had to get a technician out there, typically to move some wires around, uh, or if it could be done remotely in the system. So you do almost all of that remotely for your clients? Almost everything we do is from remote these days, yes. So, which equates to free. Clients tend to like that. 
It's much better, too. You don't have to set dispatch man- manpower to the sites. It takes less time as well, yes. Sure, sure. Uh, does your company uh, offer any IT services for desktop computers as well? Yes, we do offer uh, desk side support uh, computer services and uh, system, excuse me, and system servers as well. So you provide servers to your clients who want, say, Windows or Linux servers? Typically what we've been doing these days are virtualized servers uh, where you can run multiple uh, servers or server platforms on one or two, three redundant boxes. Uh, it's an extremely efficient use in, uh, usage of the hardware. And where do you put those servers? At your facility or out at the custom prem? Typically, we, we put them at the customer premise, uh, but we can't house them in, in, in either the customer's data center or ours. Okay. And you provide help desk services as well? Not Well, actually, that's not true. Yes, we do. Not 24 by 7, but business hours, yes. Okay. Typical Cincinnati business hours. Yes. Yeah. Let's ask this question. When you meet somebody new, a referral, what are they usually asking you for? Most referrals are typically interested in our hosted and voice over IP systems simply to uh, save the money. They're not interested in spending thousands, possibly tens of thousands of dollars on on uh, new phone systems. I and can't understand why. <laughs> the, uh, I, the phones that we typically put on our for our hosted systems are Avaya phones, and they retail anywhere from 250 to 500 dollars a piece. So uh, it's an extreme amount of savings for the customer. So are these Avaya phones made in America? That I don't know, Mike. But most technology is made out of country, so I would assume these are as well. Oh, I, I thought they used to make them in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, they may have. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. If you were looking for new prospects, what would your new prospect look like? What would be the demographics? Well, uh, again, for the voice over IP system, that would be anyone, any uh, small to medium-sized company, as little as a startup with one person, and they wanted to have, well, small companies start with one person. And, uh, you know, gives them a chance to grow. Uh, gives them a large uh, company image with, a, uh, with all the features and functionality of a larger company, backing it by the, the systems that we have. Uh, adds the, you know, gonna add phones one at a time. And uh, the hosted model works extremely well, up to 20 or 25, but can grow as much as 50. Uh, beyond that, our customer demographic goes into more of them purchasing the system uh, or leasing it, of course. And in uh, uh, some of the larger systems, uh, obviously an ideal customer for us would be things like call centers, you know, folks that have lots of phones. Uh, unfortunately, we don't manage anymore. We used to manage the Hawksworth Blood Centers that uh, run out of UC. So that was a, a really fun account. Um, I'm not sure what they're doing these days, but I wish them the best. They're doing great work down there. If you want to find out, uh, the head of the Hawksworth Blood Center is a member of Rotary, hmm. as is the former CEO of uh, Hawksworth. Okay. Any Thursday you want to come down to lunch with us at, at Rotary, let me know. I will do that. Thank you, Mike. Hey, no problem. For those of you who are Sandler clients, or we do have a little bit of a contest going on this quarter. Actually, the contest is over in about two months. This is for anyone that comes up with a referral for me to a prospect that does a face-to-face meeting with me for sales training or sales management training. If they do that between now and the 15th of September, so there's a little bit of time, you get a free ticket to the Rotary Picnic on 
Thursday, September 20th from uh, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. It's a great picnic where we have uh, games of chance with fantastic prizes. Some of them, some of those prizes are adult beverages. We have a phenomenal car show. So if you have a phenomenal classic car or specialty vehicle, a race car that you'd like to display at the Rotary Picnic, call me and we'll see if we can get you in. But for referrals that result meeting, whether or not they buy, Sandler Training by Roth & Associates will buy you a $30 ticket to the Rotary Picnic on September 20th. A lot of fun, a chance to meet uh, two or 300 people. Sounds like a great networking event. It, it has been. Uh, last year we had Rick Apuzo uh, forecast the weather. He told us it was going to be a great day, and it really was. So I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Spencer, we're going to take a, a short break here, and we'll be right back after these commercial words about Sandler Training. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Spencer Cotton. Uh, Spencer, let me ask you one of my favorite questions. Uh, we've had, we have the theory of operation here in business that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to solve complex problems, you've got to come up with a complex solution. What I like to ask our guests is, what is the complex solution uh, formula or solution that you came up with in your business that other people may be able to transit into their business? Complex problem and complex solution. A lot of our... Uh solutions that we do come up with are complex, Mike. Uh, a lot of what we come up with are, is, in with our business, technological in nature, whether it be for a high-end home or for a business, with regards to the way their systems are set up, uh, kind of to that point, the uh, 
systems that we work on, predominantly the Avaya IP office. Uh, there's quite a few vendors out there for that system. Uh, unfortunately, we've picked up not only numerous other customers that were originally sold by one of these other vendors, and the vendors just were not able or didn't have the technical know-how to work on those systems, but we've also picked up entire client bases from a couple of different customers uh, because they didn't have the technical expertise to really work on these systems. So that's happened at least twice, if not three times, uh, obviously being beneficial to the company to do that. But in terms of turning those those types of uh, complex solutions to those specific complex problems, I'm not sure how they would apply to generally to business. It's uh, definitely things we face every day in our specific business, but I, I completely agree with you. There are when you have a complex problem, it's extremely rare to find a simple solution to fix it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could talk a little bit more about your uh, home automation business. Why don't you tell the folks what's new in home automation? Well, uh, the whole industry obviously is moving more towards green, if you will, and energy savings, energy management. Um, uh, one of the bigger things that are huh, getting a lot more attention these days with all the power outages we've been having are obviously putting generators on the homes and uh, doing those properly. Um, obviously, if you're going to put a generator on your home, you need to make sure it's it's got the correct amount of power requirements for what you do want to power. Uh, it's relatively rare to get a generator to power the whole home, although you can get it. It's just uh, typically cost prohibitive. Most people just want to fire up, keep the refrigerator running, and things of this nature. But uh, in terms of home automation, uh, that would be a small piece of it. Um, uh, Most people really... So do you guys actually put on generators? We do not. We would get a a third-party electrician involved. We typically handle all of your uh, low-voltage items, including all the programming and engineering of the systems. But when it comes to high voltage, it's not typically something that we we touch. I can understand. So in terms of the low-voltage control systems... One of the newest things in there. Many of our users may be familiar with the old uh, X10 systems. X10 uh, was great in its day, but uh, if I can equate it to technology that folks might be a little more familiar with, it's more along the lines of CDs or tape, or excuse me, uh, records or tapes, analog really, versus the new systems are all digital. So. Uh, they tend to work. Um, they tend to work a lot better than the X10 systems. Um, one of the issues that a lot of customers complain about with the X10 systems: uh, first off, if they're not programmed properly, you have a potentiality of turning on and off um, your neighbor's lights as well. But in addition, though, the X10 tend to be slow, where you'd hit a button, and if it was programmed to turn on multiple things, you could almost watch one thing after the other being turned on, as they were instructed to do so. In today's technology, with it being digital, uh, I would say the the most common and to use a uh, buzzword, UPB, uh, Universal Power Bus. I know it's crazy, but X10 was a, uh, is, is the old name of it. The new stuff's uh, UPB, and it's all digital and a lot more instant. Do the signals ride on the AC power lines? Just like the X10, yes. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I believe, in a different frequency band that, that works a lot better. We have another client uh, who's involved with uh, calibration of a, for things like electrical meters, and he reported that the wireless electric meters that Duke has been pushing down our throats, whether we wanted them or not, uh, have a high potentiality to interfere with X10 systems. Mm. you know anything about that? I, I don't, but that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, reason being is I believe all those new meters that they're giving us uh, 
talk wirelessly back to them. So they're essentially eliminating the meter readers. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see that savings cost on our bills, but it's certainly saving them some money in the long run to eliminate some employees. But uh, one of the nice things with those new meters is they're talking to the newer home automation systems and letting them know when the rates fluctuate um, sort of low, medium, or high. And then you can, uh, pro well, we can pre-program your systems to turn some things off when the electricity rates go up, which are, that is one of the new things that are coming down the pike. Uh, we don't have a time of day rate sensitive uh, electric rates here in the Cincinnati market yet, do we? I don't think so, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see them soon. That's bad, kicking and screaming. <laughs> do these new digital systems have uh, a computerized controller that you put off a PC, or is it through a custom built panel? Uh, I think you're talking about the main brain for these controllers, and right, the main brain for the. Well, I don't even know if the X10s had a main brain. No, I don't think the main uh, the X10s did have a main brain. The UPBs don't have a main brain either, in and of, in a, in and of themselves. But there's typically a main brain somewhere that does the automation piece of it, where the UPB, just like the X10, is just for turning on and off the lights the, to give an instruction out. There is typically some other main brain that gives those instructions out. So in our case, uh, we would use either uh, typically an HAI product to send instructions out or possibly as a brand name. Uh, HAI, brand they never heard of. I, I actually have seen quite a few of them around town, so I, I know some customers out there are well aware of what they are. Okay, so you, you got this uh, unit to send signals down the power line. Hmm? Okay, what controls it to open my uh, garage door at uh, 6.50 in the morning? The HAI is actually the main... Uh, is an all-in-one unit that does uh, security. That's it is a security system at its core. It's a home automation controller, a low-end one. Uh, it uh, uh, so that re would replace a consumer's uh, alarm system, like from ADT or something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Both the wired and the wireless. Yes, it does both. Okay, that's battery backed up. Yep. All as all alarm systems typically have batteries in them to ba battery back them up. A lot of times we'll stick an additional battery on it just to, um, in, in, in terms of additional UPS to back it up that much more. Uh, most alarm systems had a, uh, what do they call it, a, a UL-approved uh, monitoring station, mm -hmm. which was going to dispatch the police if mm -hmm. there was a break-in or a threat. How do your systems work? Uh, same way, Mike. The, uh, uh, you can either time to a physical phone line. Uh, or we can time through a 3G uh, wireless backup, or one or the other, or both, uh, to to call out in the event of emergency, fire, flood. Well, obviously, not much in a flood, but we can send like email alerts out in the event of uh, some water sensors being tripped in a basement, crawl space, that sort of thing. Um, but definitely call EMS services and fire, police when needed. Mm -hmm. And are, are those systems plug compatible replacements for pre-existing alarm systems? Yeah, and they're they're an ideal upgrade path from a traditional alarm system because they give you additional uh, a number of additional features like the lighting control. Some of them even do some audio integrations as well, so you can play music throughout your home if you have an existing um, uh, music system speakers throughout the home. Um, there, there's if you didn't, you'd have to run the wires. Oh yeah, for for speaker integration, yeah. Could those systems turn on televisions? Now, Mike, you're starting to talk about specific. Uh, questions that 
uh, that an end user may come to us and say, we'd like to do X, Y, and Z, at which point we start to put together a custom package of potentially one or more products to do exactly what the customer uh, would like to have happen and automate in their home. And it's our job to make that work flawlessly and user-friendly and easy for the customer. And uh, so the most recent systems that you that you put in for clients, what are some of the uh, odd functionalities that you that you provided for them? Odd would be anything other than turning lights on and turning lights off at predetermined times. Um, Maybe you might tell us about some of your favorite installations of home automation. I was still thinking about the the question you just asked about the uh, the odd uh, request from a customer. It uh, took me a minute to think about one. Uh, we had a particular customer that could not see their garage doors from their house. I mean, they could obviously go out through the garage and see the garage doors, but there was no windows facing the garage doors. Um, and they always had a concern if the garage door was left open when they were going to bed at night. Mm-hmm. And so we set up through the HAI system uh, as well as uh, the UPB lighting that if their garage door was open, it would turn their desk side lamp on. So if they were climbing into bed and the lamp was on, they knew the garage door was open. And then we also set a button on the switch in the uh, in the room so they could hit the sw- uh, hit a button on the switch in the room, which would then close the garage door versus having to get out of bed and go all the way out there and, and do it. So it's uh, a unique, uh, complex problem, complex uh, solution to some degree but uh, met what the customer needed, and uh, they liked it so much they had us do it for the rest of their garage doors. Yeah, we, we, we've had that problem. Where I said to my wife, did you close the garage door? She looks at me, did I close the garage door? Hell, that was a couple of hours ago. Was it, was it automatic when you walk in, or did you leave it open because it was warm? Okay. Any other uh, special applications that you do? Do you have systems for home automation systems for people with disabilities? Uh, we really haven't gotten much into the market of disabilities. I know there are a few companies out there that do, but uh, our customer base hasn't really had a need for that as of yet. So uh, to answer the question, no, not really. What are the most common requests for home automation? The most common request would include anything that a customer does on a day-to-day basis that they might uh, find themselves doing as a pattern. Like I know for me personally, when I... Uh, get up in the morning, I'd go around and turn on certain lights. And then at night, I'd do the same thing backwards and go around and turn off all those lights. And it was just this this pattern. Uh, and to be able to automate, or when you walk in the house, you turn on certain lights and so on and so forth. So to be able to automate those just with the put, either the push of a button to turn on group uh, of lights uh, or uh, getting up in the middle of the night using the alarm system's motion sensors inside the home to turn on certain lights, but only bring them up a little bit because it's dark outside. You don't want to blind yourself. Uh, How about starting the dishwasher at uh, 11 p.m.? I've not had that request. Mm, You haven't met my wife. (laughs) So is there an automation that automatically puts the dishes in before 11, or how's that work? Well, the dishes will get in there by 8 o'clock. Okay. uh, By manual labor. But it makes extra noise that is unnecessary during the operation of our home theater. Mm. So she likes to wash, have those dishes washed overnight. Well, for that particular request, which we have not gotten before, I would, uh, me and my business partner would sit down and do some research and see if we could uh, 
compile a uh, plan to meet those specific requirements, and we usually can. Let's put it that way. No, I didn't think it was that unusual. Uh, I assume that the systems can control thermostats? Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Lighting thermostats, uh, HVAC, uh, which of course is thermostats, um, sound, audio. It could be something as, uh, as an example. You walk in the front door or the door you walk into your house through, we could put something on there like uh, you would traditionally see in a company, a little uh, by the by a door, a little like e-fob or card swipe or something like that. Sure. You've got to do something to let the system know that, hey, you're home now. And it can trigger events automatically such as disarm the alarm, turn on certain lights, uh, bring up certain types of music. Um, heck, if we wanted to, turn on the, um, the fireplace if it was gas-powered. Um, you know, up and down wind she, uh, window shades, uh, adjust the thermostats. Then you have to motorize the window shades. Yep. Doesn't that get expensive? Uh, not nearly as expensive as they used to be. Okay. I thought you were going to tell me they were voice over IP. I know. The window They're, shades are an IP? Uh, well, they may have uh, IP-based window shades these days. I would not be surprised. I have not seen any on the market yet. Okay. Spencer, anything else in particular you want to uh, tell our listeners about? Uh, just to remind them that they are more than welcome to find us on the web at www.gogc.it. Our phone number again, 513-361-9601. And, uh, of course, please let us know, especially if there's any nonprofits out there that we can help, uh, or if there's any small to medium businesses that would like to save some money on their uh, telecom expenses. Good. Spencer, as a uh, thank you for appearing on the show, I'm going to be giving you a copy of Sandler's newest book, The uh, 11 Sandler Insights, now a bestseller on the Wall Street Journal list as well as uh, number one on Amazon. Thanks again for uh, being with us today, Spencer. Uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.